Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. So my second book, Clever Girl Finance, Learn How Investing Works, Grow Your Money, comes out on October 20th. And so over the next several episodes, I'm going to be sharing interviews of the incredible women I interviewed in the book here on the podcast. You'll hear them talk about their investing strategies right now, given that we're all navigating through a pandemic, as well as their plans to invest for the future. And they'll all also be sharing their experiences of getting their finances to where they are today. And so their stories and their journeys will inspire you. So be sure to tune in. If you haven't already ordered a copy of my new book, you can do that everywhere books are sold online and it is available as an ebook, audiobook, and a physical book. You can also purchase it at your local bookstore and if they don't have it, you can request that they order it and you can also request that your local library orders the book as well. Finally, I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you're listening to, please head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Okay, so let's get into this episode. So today I have another one of my dear friends to join me. Her name is Adiola Omale, and she's going to be talking with me about how she built her seven-figure net worth through investing. I also had the honor of interviewing Adela, not just in my first book, but also in my second book called Clever Girl Finance, Learn How Investing Works, Grow Your Money, that comes out on October 20th. And so I am just really excited and honored to have Adela with us to share her wealth of knowledge when it comes to wealth building and leveraging investing. So hi, Adela. Hi, Bala. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate you for being here. And I would love for you to tell everybody who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. And for those who don't know me, I'm Adiala Omale. I'm a lawyer turned wealth coach, and I'm also an author. And I love this lady who's interviewing me right now. She's a fabulous lady. And I would I have to tell you all, you, you have to get your hands on this book. I haven't read it yet. I know I'm in it, but I can't wait to get it. So that's my plug for Bala. <laughs> Thank you so much. So let's get right to it. And um, you have built a seven-figure portfolio. You are a millionaire. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love that magic. And we've had many conversations about your wealth building journey. You've been on the podcast. You were in the last book. Um, you're talk- you talked about how you dug yourself out of a ton of debt before, you know, you know, getting your finances together and then focusing on investing. And you did this over a 12 or so year period, getting out of debt, starting to invest. And so, you know, getting to this point where you're not on the other side of your debt, you have saved, you have these investments, you've kind of gotten to your goal, right? Your main goal that you had. How did you do it? First of all, when you say it like that, I can't believe I did it because it was such a journey. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, but, you know, it was one step at a time. The first thing was that debt elimination. That was my primary focus. So once I got that debt out of the way, I paid off my over 70 grand of consumer debt. I paid off my mortgage. And then I had this part of my strategy where I call it the wealth generation strategy, supercharged wealth generation strategy. And what I did was I, I started taking the money that I was putting towards debt and I put it towards wealth creation. And I would just stack pot, stockpile 2800 bucks every single month from my paycheck because we were living on one income, my husband and I. And after about a year, we had a great, like over 30 grand saved. So we looked at that money and thought, how do we make this grow? Our plan was to start buying real estate. So we used the money that we 
saved to buy real estate property. So I bought real estate. I've had two, two rental properties. I had them for about nine years and I was able to generate wealth that way. I've sold those properties since. And now my primary focus is making money in the market and building my business and making money through my business. So I've been very fortunate to be able to wipe out all of my debt and really just focus on wealth generation through the stock market. And also at one point as a real estate investor. I love that. And one thing you said was that you and your husband chose to live on one income and then you saved the other income, which was your own income. And while not everybody is able to do that, you guys specifically chose to do that because you were pursuing this goal of becoming debt free and then investing for yourselves and also for your children. And that's something that, you know, when you think about personal finance and building wealth, getting out of debt, saving, investing, there is a required level of personal sacrifice based on how bad you want your goal and how willing, how much you're willing to sacrifice. And so for anyone watching this, as you consider, okay, these are the goals I want to accomplish and these are the timeline options I have, what are you willing to sacrifice? Because when we're all talking about building wealth, saving money, and we're, we're you know, you hear people's accomplishments, um, sometimes people don't realize or they don't remember, right, that it just didn't happen. It took sacrifice. And you were paying off debt and trying to save and trying to invest over 12 years, over a decade, right? You didn't just wake up and become a millionaire. You like hustled. And it I was hustle. Link <laughs> to your podcast episode for anyone who wants to listen to that backstory of getting yourself out of debt because it was not fun. But just to give some context, there has to be you know, a level of sacrifice to get to, you know, this point, Adela, where you're like, oh my God, I've accomplished my goal. Amazing. <laughs> you better believe you did it because you did. You know, I do believe it. And you know, I'm, I finally started to claim it. It's taken me years because I kept saying, how is this possible? I'm a millionaire. Wait a minute. But now I claim it. And the reason I've learned to claim it is because by me claiming it, I can show others, you have to claim it too. Listen, you can get from that deep, dark place where you're literally six figures in debt and you're feeling like there's no way out and you can get to the other side and have seven figures and just go, wow, I did this. But if you get there, guys, please share how you got there. So my mission right now, Abala knows this about me. My mission is to get the knowledge out there so others can do it because it's not fun if you're doing it yourself. I tell you right now, if you're doing great, you're living well and you see others suffering, that is not fun. In fact, it, it hurts. So my mission is to get yes. the message out there and share. So thank you for letting me share this with your wonderful women and men who are in the Clever Girl Finance space. Yeah. So Adela, you, during this process, navigated the 2008 recession. And now we are in the midst of global pandemic, multinational economic impact. How you are navigating through this season with your portfolio, you have an extensive amount of wealth right now. And what are you doing differently? What has changed with your objective? What are some of your long-term goals as it relates to investing? Wow, that is such an important question because I had a strategy that I set out first thing in the year. Everyone does their yearly goals. And my strategy was completely turned upside down and I revamped it. My strategy was I had a wealth creation strategy that I was going to put forth. I had all these wonderful investments that I was going to pile money into. And as, as soon as I saw the, the crisis take hold, and I saw this in February, like I was one of the few people in February 1st where I was like, this isn't going to end well. So I started strategically changing my portfolio. <clears throat> what I ended up doing is I was one of the folks who sold before the crash. 
Because my big thing right now is when you've amassed wealth, capital preservation has to be your number one goal. So what I ended up doing was I sold a lot of my portfolio and I have this in my you know, my social media feeds, people who follow me know this. So along my portfolio, but for a few items, a few, a few stocks. And I saw the terrible crash happen in March. And then at the tail end of March, I started piling into gold, a lot of gold. <laughs> and so in gold and some silver, but predominantly gold stocks. And it did serve me because come April, those stocks were very fruitful and I saw great capital appreciation. And then I started trying to strategically change my portfolio to match what was happening in the, in the market. So what I used to do as a young investor is I do dollar cost averaging. I put extra X, X number of money into my account every single month without fail. And it was serving me well. But as soon as I masked the goal, and I still have a goal, I, I still have a long range goal and I haven't reached it yet. But as soon as I masked what I feel was great wealth, I thought, okay, Capital preservation, do not put all of your money out there and risk it. It's just not worth it. So that's how I've strategically changed. And I also invest in themes. And the theme right now for me is there are some underlying, like there's a 5G theme. And so the way I'm playing 5G is through Apple. And then there's other themes like software as a service theme. And I do that through Microsoft. So I invest in themes now. And, and then I look for the best companies within those themes, make sure that I'm buying them at the best value, best price, and then I lock it in and, and I have to go with the balance sheet. A company that is strong, that has cash on the books, cash flowing, that's a company that I want. And everything else, just not touching <laughs> right now, just not touching. I love that. And, you know, there's a couple of things that you mentioned. First of all, as you amass wealth, capital preservation is so important. Um, I certainly started becoming more conservative with our investments, stepping into the year. And I had no idea about a pandemic. I don't have a call, <laughs> but I did know, right, just given the trajectory, I'm in the U.S., you're in Canada, you know, similar paths, kind of, just given the trajectory of you know, looking at the economic cycle, how the market had been performing, we were heading into a recession, right? Um, At some point, I can tell you when, but I knew that, okay, there's a certain amount of money that I would like to hold on to. Absolutely. (laughs) I don't want to go through market swings with. (laughs) And so I was already, you know, getting a bit conservative. And so again, it's all about knowing your timeline, knowing your objectives. You know, typically as women, we're more conservative. I'm a more conservative investor Mm -hmm. than my husband is. But I like having that peace of mind knowing that, okay, regardless of what's happening in the market, I'm okay with this, these swings on this percentage of my portfolio, you know, and then that's that. And so I was already getting conservative, but, you know, we all felt um, the, the decline um, and I did see a lot of people panic. And that's the next question I'm going to ask you about, about mm-hmm. mistakes. But a lot of people were panicking and selling. And I was like, this is, you know, pause, calm down, get yes. informed, understand how this works and know that this is part of what happens when there's a recession, um, politics, pandemic, health crisis, these types of things that impact the economy will impact the stock market as well. So I'm glad that you brought up, you know, that idea of capital preservation and people should start thinking as they amass wealth, how do you structure your portfolio to get to a point where, you know, regardless of what's happening, you know that there's a certain balance that will stay a certain way. Exactly. (laughs) And you talked about investing in gold and in silver and in themes. So I categorize you more as 
an advanced investor, right? But you did talk about dollar cost averaging, which is great for any beginner investor, where Absolutely. basically what you do is you invest consistently over time, whether the stock market is low, if it's low, your money buys you more stocks. If the stock, if the stock market is high, your money buys you less stocks. But what happens when your dollar cost averaging is that with every point in time you're investing and you're taking advantage of every um, high, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're taking advantage of, of gains low. from every low, right? Yes. As time goes, and you're getting that average return because you're investing consistently over time. And I think that's a great approach. Many people are not fans of dollar cost averaging because they like to time the market, they like to do this and that. But listen, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to time the market, guys. Yes. It is for me. It's I can you know time in the market. I don't have time. It depends, if you have time to sit in front of your computer all day, read all the news reports, follow the analysts, all that kind of stuff. Great, try it out. But keep in mind that the experts who actually try to time the market, the traders, and all of that, most of the time, they're, they're not, not making money. <laughs> exactly. It's the truth. Money. It's the truth. So, So let's get into that other part of the question around, um, oh, before I go into that, I have to say thank you to you because you supported me with my Canadian research on investing in the Canadian market because this book um, covers investing in the U.S., it covers investing in Canada, and it also adds suggestions on how to go about investing internationally um, because it's about the fundamentals of investing and how to get started building your portfolio. And I have to thank you so much for supporting me with that Canadian research. It was invaluable and I appreciate it. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm glad I could have offered that part of, you know, part of my knowledge. So you're welcome. Yeah, so let's kind of step into, you know, the mistakes you see investors making. And we saw a lot of that this March and just even now, you know, as people navigate the pandemic and people start to, you know, just worry about finances, worry about investments, worry about the future. So what what advice will you give anyone, especially a new investor that's navigating this season, right, of um, economic instability, of political climate, of health crisis, what advice would you give them as they're working through their investments or thinking about their investments right now? I would let them know that don't get so focused on what everyone else is doing because I'm finding a lot of new investors. They see all these folks getting into the crowded trade and the crowded trade right now is all the high tech trades and everyone wants to be a part of that. And so they're crowding into all these tech spaces and the valuations are off the chart. They make absolutely no sense. Um, but but the newbies, don't, they don't know it. The new investors just want to make money. And I get it. And I'm so excited to see all these folks getting into investing. So kudos to everyone out there who is a new investor taking the risk and getting in the markets. But whatever you do, please don't get, don't get distracted by shiny objects. And the shiny objects right now are the high-tech companies. There's only a, about two or three of them that have any that you have any even even right being it and i've named a couple of them already the other ones just turn away Don't i wonder get distracted. On who to name that's Sorry? like crazy right now but <laughs> <laughs> i know what you're talking about <laughs> but i'm just saying like don't get distracted by that hey if you want to get into tech go into the stalwarts the big players the ones that have the strong balance sheets And as a new investor, do your research. I know it kind of sounds scary. And it's like, research, how do I do it? You can learn how to research. Grab Bala's book when it comes out. 
go online and do research. There's a way that you can research stocks. Know whether or not a company you're about to get into is deserving of your, of your money. When you buy any company, ask yourself this, does this company have the ability to grow their, their, their revenues over the next year, over the next three years, over the next 20 years? Will this company be in existence in five, 10, 20 years? There's a lot of hard questions you need to ask. Ask the questions and don't follow the crowd. Follow the research, follow the fundamentals. And when we have what we're having right now, a potential correction in the markets, don't panic. Don't start selling because of that. Like I'm, I'm, I know I've just told you I sold my portfolio in February, but the thing is I've, I made a certain amount of money. I want to keep that money. <laughs> but and your deal was tied to your personal objectives. It really was. Personal. My personal, thank you. So when you are at the start of your financial journey, your investing journey, make sure that you're buying good quality at a discount and dollar cost average because that's what's going to keep you, keep you whole and actually keep you growing and making a lot of money. I think that's what I, I tell new investors. Oh, and don't look at the dollar. Don't look at the price of a stock. Please, please, please don't think if it's a penny stock, it's better value than something like a, a Microsoft or an Apple. Look at the actual value you're getting. Don't look at the price of the stock. Such great advice. I 100% agree. And you guys definitely have to check out um, my interview with Adiola in my book, Clever Girl Finance, Learn How Investing Works for Your Money. Um, she shares a wealth of information as to how she got to this seven figures, right? And I'm just going to call it out again. I love the fact that you are a Black female millionaire, Um amazing <laughs> oh you're gonna make me tear up I don't talk it like I don't I, I'll be honest and Bala knows this now about me I don't say hey guys I'm a millionaire because I haven't digested it I'm only now comfortably saying it so yeah let's let's clap to him and also let's I'm gonna let digest it for you hey <laughs> <laughs> you're such a sweetheart but I I want you all everyone watching this to know that you can be here because I was at the point where I literally had six figures of debt. So now that I'm on the other end of it, I don't forget that girl who was digging out of debt, who was trying to get to this place. And I want you to know that you can be in this place. And that's my, that's what I'm hoping to deliver in my message, that it can be something we can all attain. Yeah. And you know, that's why this is so meaningful for me, <laughs> even though oh. it's your money, because I know the other side, the backstory to this, mm-hmm. you didn't just come up and say, Hey, everyone, I'm a millionaire. Mm-hmm. There is a story. There is a debt story. There mm-hmm. is a struggle. There is a hustle. There is sacrifice behind this accomplishment. So it is huge. And you don't have to tell anybody your financial status, right? But just, I know it now, girl. So... <laughs> I am going to commend you because you are giving so many women something to aspire to because there's somebody who's watching this right now who is in six figures of debt and they don't have any clue of how they're going to get to the other side, but knowing they can see another woman, right, who has been there and who has done it. That's inspiration, Adela. So, you know, continue to share your story. Don't minimize your success. Thank you. you. All want to do the humble, be humble, and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Um, But your story is so necessary. Um, And again, thank you for sharing. Um, Before I let you go, though, (laughs) I have to ask you, what is your Clever Girl superpower? Ooh, what's my superpower, you guys? 
it goes without saying my superpower is I have the power to build incredible wealth. That's my superpower. I've got That's this crazy <laughs> ability to build wealth. And beyond that, I have this crazy ability to share my knowledge and to get others like family and friends and clients and anyone else who wants to listen to me and on my platform to building wealth because that's my agenda. So my superpower is wealth building. I love that. And also for anyone who's watching this that wants to get in touch with you, pick up your book because you're also an mm-hmm. author, learn more about how you invest, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. Please share where people can reach you, where they can find your book and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So the name of my book is Seven Steps to Get Out of Debt and Build Wealth. And you can find me on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. My, my Instagram handle is, is Adiola Omali B. And my Facebook handle is, if you just go to Supercharge Your Life or Adiola Omali Fan, you'd find me there. And my Twitter handle is the same as my Instagram. So Adiola Omali B. And we'll make sure that we put those links in the notes of this video. Um, so yeah, thank you, Adiola, for coming back on to share your amazingness with the Clever Wealth Finance audience and to continue to inspire um, everyone. You are such an incredible woman and I appreciate you. Okay, you're going to make me cry, but thank you for having me, Ball. I really appreciate all that you've done. And I appreciate that you let me come back on the forum here and, and really share more of my story, the investing side. And everyone, if you're listening, grab Bala's book when it comes out in October. I think it's October 7th. Am I right? October 20th. Sorry, October 20th. I'm trying to get it sooner out there. I'm just trying to <laughs> do something with my brain here to get that book out sooner in my hands. But yeah, I can't wait for the book. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes to leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all of you from the bottom of my heart, and I will talk to you on the next episode.